You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So Shannon, as of the time we're recording this, I'm coming off of a weekend where six of the men that are in the husband mastermind groups came to Texas and we hung out at a lake house for a weekend. Coolness. And you talk about just a spectacular, deep, profound four days. Uh, It was uh, beyond what I thought it would be. I mean, it was. I can only imagine. This this probably went so much deeper than sitting around and singing "Kumbaya" well, and eating marshmallows. To, right? to give to give you an idea, um, everything was centered around. I had a lot of different things they could do that were kind of on their own, thought provoking, etc. And then everything was centered around the dinner tables. You know, so there's two at this lake house. There's a great ha- table outside, and there's a great table inside that we all could fit at. And the shortest meal, counting all three meals every time we ate. The shortest was two and a half hours. <laughs> These men had some things to talk about, didn't and they? And it was just real. It was raw. It was straightforward. I mean, it was it was a great, great weekend. One that will happen again. Um, that also is just you know kind of spawns from the, the husband mastermind group that we do. That's online. So this was kind of an, an additional thing that could be done. I was going to say, now, is this something that you do with every husband mastermind group or was this just a special event? This was an invitation only for anybody that's been in one for more than six, longer than six months. They have the opportunity to come join this. And um, so now I got to figure out based on how, how well this one went, how to do it more and still keep it small. (laughs) So, so but it was a really cool thing. And so enough about that, because, you know, our listeners probably want to also hear about sexy marriage radio and and <laughs> what we're talking about today because um this is going to be an interesting show <laughs> so so it uh, is going to be an interesting show it's an interesting topic absolutely but before that i have to say welcome and uh thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us however it is that you listen to us we are honored that you do and one of the things we love that helps kind of what stoke the flame of some of our conversations, which that's where we're going today is because we get emails and feedback and those come to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. There's also, if you go to sexymarriageradio.com, you'll find a form that allows you to fill out even more detail to give us more, more stuff and, and possibly be on a show like, like we've had within the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. it's, we, we love that it's listener driven radio. And we also love that people jump on iTunes, give us feedback, give us comments, help us spread the word and climb the charts. And so with all of that being said and done. Well, I'm going to rewind the tape. I I think that you need to do a better job at shamelessly marketing the ministry that you provide. (laughs) If people wanted to know more about how to join a husband mastermind group or what it consists of or what the financial investment is, what the time investment is, how would they find out more about that? Uh, You just go to simplemarriage.net, look in the sidebar for the button that says husbands, and that takes you to a page that tells you everything you need to know. They're offered every quarter. Uh, they last for a year. We meet once a month online. Doesn't matter where you are as far as location physically. As long as you got internet access, you can be a part of it. And you guys talk weekly or what? We we meet once a month, and then there's interaction that goes on daily in some of the groups via texting and chat kind of stuff. So Very cool. It's, yeah, it's been very cool to watch this unfold. And So speaking of husbands, 
let's completely switch gears. Um, that's a like a, a one eighty almost. Um, we've had a we've had a a slew of emails because there's been it's more than one or two that, right. that have addressed this, hinted at, flat out talked about this topic. And it seems as if we've been we've been hit with this topic numerous times over the past three and a half years that I've been doing this with you. It seems as if it comes up often enough right. that I definitely think that it warrants a show, even though it's going to be shocking to some people. Some people will never have even heard this concept, let alone the term. Right. And so the term... Do you want to go? I want to go. I mean, we could do we could do a drum roll. I mean, but it's just it, it is one of those taboo, more taboo kind of fetishes that are talked that are not talked about. Definitely in the church circle, uh, you're not going to hear a sermon on this topic. No, <laughs> but but you could watch a Shakespearean play uh-huh. that has this theme in it. I also understand that Chaucer is a is a literary. Um, Source of the premise has been around for a long, long time in most cultures. Yeah. I also learned on Wikipedia. Yeah, I had to look at. Okay, so uh, we're the, like much the term. About the, term the term is cuckolding. <laughs> there you go. And it, the yeah. the basic idea of it is it's where the husband receives humiliation because of his wife's cheating on him, bringing somebody else into their bedroom. Um, dominating him. I mean, there's a lot of there's. It, it gets multi-layered and multifaceted. Right, and let I want to unpeel or peel back some of those layers. But the term cuckolding comes from the word cuckoo bird, and a cuckoo bird is a species that lays its eggs in someone else's nest. Right. So the concept is, and and I don't know that that a, a husband would recognize it as humiliation at first glance. If, if, what he knows is that he likes the idea of sharing his wife with another man. The idea of being married to an adulterous woman is a turn on to him. Okay. That's one facet. That's one facet. Yes. Yeah. You and I had kind of asked each other the question, what do you think is really behind that? And when we Googled and read a few articles, it was very much in line with what we were thinking. Right. Um, That it's a self-esteem issue. It's, it's definitely a, I don't deserve to have, such a hot woman all to myself and the humiliation of her cheating on him makes his exterior world in line with his interior world of I'm not worthy. And there is something about making your exterior world and your interior world line up that brings a sense of peace as crazy as that method is. That is a great way to frame it because that's, I think we are all seeking congruence and yes. a lot, and think of how the length that sometimes we'll go to for that, even when it goes against a value or a quote unquote health, as far as a, a way to progress or on a relational standard, what's healthy for the relationship environment. Because I give props to a couple of the men that have emailed in, have talked about they've brought this up with their wife, not in the sense of let's do this, but in the sense of this is what's going on with me and my fantasies and my desires and in my, my interest. Mm-hmm. And they're sharing that with them. So well done with that, because that's a root. That's you talk about a peeling back a layer mm-hmm. and being vulnerable and exposed. You know, you're right. basically saying I, this is humiliating and I want, and I like it. You know, I, I, I want to be humiliated, 
on a deeper level. And that's where we start to get into, I think, where we're going to try to go today with what do you do with this? How? Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. And I love the, the, the idea you've already posited out there of it's a self-esteem thing. That's what's driving it. Right. Right. And I also have to say that, you know, for some people who are thinking, oh, this is so random, there's no way that that many people struggle with this fantasy. Actually, it's estimated that 15% of people have actually acted it out. So I can only imagine the number of people who actually fantasized about it. Right. And when you think about how many little boys are humiliated in their families of origin, are made to feel unworthy or worthless. Right. I can imagine that that would translate into this type of fantasy far more often than we realize. But Corey, this is where I want to rewind the tape back to the very first two interviews that I ever did with you. Episodes number what, 101 and 102 or something like that. Uh, I don't even remember. It's more like 107, 108, if I'm remembering right off the right. top of my head. Right. And so the whole concept of your sexual fantasies right. being a roadmap to future fulfillment is so erroneous. And that is relationship suicide. There's lots of different fantasies that if you act them out, you can pretty much guarantee that your relationship is going to be coasting downhill at breakneck speed. Right. But instead of being a roadmap to future fulfillment, sexual fantasies are a roadmap of your rocky past. And so for a man who has this cuckolding fantasy, what I want to encourage him to do is to take ownership of it and not project it onto his wife and expect his wife to fulfill it for him because it is not going to produce the high and the peace and the fulfillment. Right. He thinks that it will. It's only going to create a whole bigger can of worms, a bigger set of problems, more anxieties, right. more feelings of worthlessness because what happens if she connects with another guy and she likes it? What happens if she connects with another guy and she wants to stay with him instead of come back home? Um, yeah, but, see, uh, yeah but that's that's part of the risk that it, that is such so captivating with this <laughs> is is that what if I am humiliated and left and destitute? I mean, I, I I can see an element of the brain that would go down that path and almost turn it on, use it as a turn on. Uh, because it it fits a mantra that's been a lifelong thing. I mean, one of the emailers we had, he talks about in depth about the humiliation he's felt in school, the humiliation he's felt about his appearance, the humiliation he feels about his penis size, the humiliation he feels about his inability to impregnate his wife through normal, you know, operations, if you will. They've had to go IVF and. So it's just, there's all these different kinds of things that just come back to self-esteem. And so I, I, I agree what you're saying that look at it logically, but we're not talking about logical stuff necessarily here. <laughs> Our right? fantasies are rarely logical. <laughs> right. Es- Esther Pearl talks about fantasies are always politically incorrect. That's part of what makes them fantasies. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, tr- it's starting yeah, also- I also love how Esther Perel at the SMU talk that you and I both attended together, how she said in her fantasies, it's not, nothing is a sin. Yeah. And so I do want to say that just because you have the thought that produces a feeling that maybe even creates a temptation, right? Not a sin until you act on it. So right. I don't want men beating themselves up. And I oh, absolutely don't want wives not. beating their husbands up for having the thought or the fantasy. Absolutely not. It's just, to me, it comes down to what's the root, what's the source of, um, this self-esteem issue. 
What is it that's, that they've been com- then battling in the various ways, and it's magnified and turned itself towards this particular fetish, this particular arena? Because that's the same kind of thing, just from my experience, that you know, my insecurities, my anxieties, it, they, they were easily relieved in, through the use of porn and masturbation, but that didn't solve the main thing. That didn't get down to the deep core root. That was just a Band-Aid. That was just a quick a reprieve. Scratch. Right. That was just a quick reprieve and release, but it didn't, it didn't answer the larger question. And I think that's if you categorize that this way and you start to look at it as if relationships are designed to help us grow up, which is what I believe, and if marriage and, and sex is designed to help us grow up, here's some opportunities for you to full-on confront in more real time. How am I doing sex? How am I presenting my life? How am I confronting my life? Am I being on all sides of this? And use that to really confront these things once and for all. Right. I completely agree. I, I think that you have to ask what past pain is this fantasy telling me is still in existence that still needs addressing that still needs healing what what needs to be brought into the light in my life so that it can experience enough healing that I wouldn't feel as if I deserve to be humiliated I wouldn't feel as if I deserve to be cheated on and I wouldn't feel as if I deserve to have my life wrecked so I my wife connecting with somebody else and not coming home. I mean, you have to know you run that risk. Exactly. Bringing this fantasy to life. There's no way that that risk isn't strong. Question I got for you then is because one of the things you mentioned at the beginning of the, of, of talk, unpacking this topic was there's an element of you want, you love the feeling of your spouse is desired. Wouldn't you say that's a pretty universal one that everybody wants to feel as if other people think that they married up, not down. Yeah. I mean, I love there's, (laughs) One of the conversations, yeah, one of the conversations that happened over the weekend was that uh, husband and wife sitting on the plane, he's in the middle seat, she's on the on the on the window, and Mm -hmm. good looking woman sits next to husband, Mm -hmm. and asks, you know, they made eye contact, is this seat open? He's like, absolutely, have a seat. And she wife makes the comment of I can't believe she's sitting there, you know, and he's his I love his response, because it was, I I didn't care that she noticed me. I liked that my wife noticed her notice me <laughs> because it's that whole, it's, it's kind of this whole, yeah, that's the pressure of what goes on, right? That we're noticed, we're confident. And that's, you know, that's a, a surface level kind of a thing talking about this idea of, I like that people see Pam and notice her. And then yeah. she shares her life with me. It makes you feel better than you might feel. How is that not a boost, right? That it's like, hey, look, you know, I have good judgment according to society (laughs) standards. I must be doing something right. Right. I must have something going on. I think there's an element of if if you have to almost start parsing this out. And that's what I kind of get the sense that a lot of your work really does is you start unpacking things and disarming things on as each layer in each element and part participle, I can't even think of what the word would be. Each <laughs> article. There you go. You know, because it almost gets down to that level of yes. okay, that message kind of could have sent you down this road. And this and so I think if you think of it in those terms, now all of a sudden we open up new avenues to deal with, okay, so I love the fact that my spouse is noticed. Is there anything really wrong with that? Nah, probably not. If I keep going with it, yeah. We might get into something that could be 
if I'm setting up scenarios, you know, all the, so right. it's just. Well, and, and you have to look at the, that particular dynamic. And first of all, isn't it interesting that more than not, you will see an average guy with a hot girl far more often, far more often than you will see a hot guy with an average girl. I, I'm not sure what that dynamic is. Maybe it's that women need to have their ego more propped up in that I'm the hotter one of the couple. Right. I, I don't know. It just reminds me of a wedding card that I bought one time just for laughs. I, I would never send this to someone, but it said, well, one of you is marrying up and the other one is marrying down. But congratulations to you both. Right. <laughs> right. It, the whole concept of letting the world know that I was able to attract this woman. Isn't she hot? And if someone else actually wanted to be with her, that must mean that I got a great trophy that yeah, is that's a status that is thing coveted yeah. right that is coveted by other people well that's one thing to know that your wife is so hot that people covet right what you have right. but it's another thing to want to share that absolutely most human beings would be very protective of that um and wouldn't want her flaunting herself wouldn't want her you know, sending out vibes or anything right. like that. But I have actually had women attend women at the well who tell me that no, their husbands want them to basically dress like a tramp so that he can take her to a bar so that he can see how many people are oogling her and that sort of, because that does something for his ego. Right. But here's the thing, Corey, whether it's, whether it's, I don't want to call that mild, but whether it's that end of the spectrum of, I just want to watch other men eyeball my wife right. or I actually want to know that she's having sex with someone, maybe even watch them have sex, regardless of which end of the spectrum you're talking about there. It all, it all boils down to, I don't feel worthy of having this all to myself. Yep. Th that's, that's the bottom line of there's no way that I can be good enough to warrant having exclusive rights to this. But here's what you have to realize though. How is that any different than human trafficking? When you objectify your wife in such a way that you put her out there in a vulnerable place to be looked upon, touched, groped, possibly even raped. I mean, mm -hmm. let's be real. If, if that's no more, if you don't have any more respect for your wife's sanctity and, and her protection as to put her out there for someone else to have sex with, the chances of it being sweet, soft, tender, loving sex is probably pretty slim. That there's, there's, it's probably going to attract men who also feel that women should be degraded right. and, and humiliated and right. trafficked and all that sort of thing. So I would just encourage the wives that if this is your husband's fantasy, look beyond the obvious of what you think he may be wanting you to do and realize that this is not what he really wants. He may think that's what he wants, but that's not what he actually wants. He wants to feel better about himself. There are easier and more practical and more effective ways for a man to feel better about himself than to make his wife do things that are going to make her feel horrible about herself. Right. Cause I just don't know very many women who would be okay with that and not have it erode their self-esteem. Well, absolutely. That's where we're starting to get into the tyranny of the lowest common denominator and the tyranny of the least developed person in the relationship and in the circumstance. Mm -hmm. Because we often want people to come down to our way of doing things or our level because it makes us safer. It makes us feel more comfortable rather than really challenging us to 
confront these things, seek help to have someone walk alongside us with these things, be open about those things to find safer ways to explore those things. Maybe it's in your own head that you do, you know, how, how can you slowly start to disarm some of these things? Because if you think about it, regardless of the fetish, there are aspects of life that, and for sure aspects of marriage that push us to our limits. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so, designed. The system is designed to do just that. Hello. Right. So it's seeing it as, Okay, if I am married to a husband that has this and has shared this with me, one, how could I react less emotionally to this and, and maybe see it just like what your counsel is? But also, how do I make sure I'm defining and refining myself in this and saying, you know what? If you have that, that's on you, right? That's something right. I don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in being a part of it. And even if that costs the relationship, how do you maintain your own self-respect and integrity through it all? Because there are times, and we've had, a, we've had another series of emails along these same lines as far as different topic, but same gridlock kind of a thing, that where you're basically, one spouse is almost forcing upon the other the choice of the relationship or self-esteem, the, re, you mm. know, the, the relationship or identity, the relationship yeah. or their own integrity. Right. And that's kind of where we do get pushed to the limits. And sometimes you've got to push back on those limits and risk the relationship and risk things. That doesn't mean chuck it all and leave. That just Mm -hmm. means stand your ground and then see where you stand. Right. It reminds me of a meme that someone sent me recently that said, if a woman ever has to choose between saving her soul or saving her marriage, she should always save her soul. Yep. Because there are some things that, quite frankly, your marriage partner should not be allowed to expect of you. And yep. this is certainly one of them. I think that more often than not, I know that some women you know, struggle in this area of addiction um, to sex. And, and there's always a root cause. There's always a psychological reason behind that push. Because I think that by nature, women tend to be a one-man woman. That there is something about, you know, I mean, I think it's very biblical. It yep. says it says in Genesis that your bent will be toward your husband. Yep. You'll long after him more. Right. Well, and you know, men kind of have that proclivity to want to scatter their seed, whereas women want the security of having that one special relationship that's going to take care of her and provide yep. for her. Yep. And so the notion of risking that security in order to fulfill your husband's fantasies, I would think that the woman who is even thinking in that direction also struggles with low self-esteem to an equal degree. Sure. Because why would a woman lower herself to such behavior and run the risk of STDs and, and low self-esteem and all kinds of you know other possibilities just to make her husband happy right. if that's not what she genuinely wants for herself right well just just to apply this to a larger scale real quick because mm-hmm. I, I got to assume a majority of our audience they're like what i didn't know this was it. there this isn't <laughs> something i'm worried about this is something okay it's kind of interesting information but but don't we all have elements of marriage where our self-esteem is challenged <laughs> you know that mm-hmm. that our identity is challenged. I mean, I'd like to think of myself as having a, a lot of my act together, but there's still times when I 
make a move towards Pam or I do something that I think would be great for us and her response is not in line with what I'm thinking would confirm I'm the greatest husband in the world. And I had this hit of, ouch, am I really all that I think I am? Am I really, you know, that, that there's a, it's there's a, blow a to the ego. there's a hurt, right? There's a disappointment. There's a sting to it because what I put out there was not accepted. And so it's trying to see that all that that's the marriage relationship by design. And so mm-hmm. this is pushing us to our limits. And so one, the fact that you can be real about a deeper kind of a fetish, well done, because that's go back to Esther Pearl's work on in mating captivity. She talks about the fact that the, your your partner can share that with you shows the safety of the relationship that they've that you've created. That that yes. they're at least willing. If you look at it from another side, they're at least willing to expose themselves more to you, which is a good thing if you look at it through that lens. Right. But you also still have to be objective and see both lenses <laughs> to, to see that. Okay, hold on. What are you really wanting to do with this? What what is this really right. all about? What right. does this really represent to you? And I would encourage wives that if a husband were to to disclose this fantasy to them, I want you to look at that man not as a grown man asking something of you to satisfy him. I want you to look at him as a hurting little boy who's being honest about his pain. And ask yourself what kind of relationship or what do I know about his relationship with his mother? What do I know about his relationship with his dad? What do I know about his relationship probably with his older siblings, I would guess. Okay. Um, because it's usually, usually the older siblings that will humiliate the younger siblings. It's kind of the power so dynamic. Possible. Sure. So looking at his family of origin and all of those members of the family that were older than him or perhaps younger than him and were a bully or whatever, um, yeah, focus on that pain and encourage him to get some counseling to, right. to process that pain and to regain his sense of power in healthier ways than farming his wife out. Right. Cause this is, this is where a woman is in a great position because she gets a chance to use her usually a little more close to the surface nurturing capabilities than men have. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a chance to stand your own ground, be solid, confront yourself, uh, confirm your own esteem, confirm your own value, while at the same time standing it for him. You know, not mm-hmm. propping him up, but confronting him on it. Because that's the whole idea of how do you risk things but maintain self? Right. Right. How do you see this as this is going to produce something that's going to, that has the greater possibility of being much, much better? for both of us. Right. And, 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 and go down that path knowing I'm earning my own self-respect as I go through this. I'm, I'm kind of just solidifying myself while maintaining a a vulnerability and an ability to stay connected. And I Mm -hmm. kind of keep the, I keep the perspective where it needs to be. I keep it that if this is something you need to deal with, go, I'll walk alongside you. You know, there's, there's help available. There's people that can do counseling, right? Right. Me, me, not meaning acting out. Not at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, but, but again, that's one of those things that isn't, aren't there things in marriage that become deal breakers? It's like, okay, you know what? I can't stop you from doing that. And if we would, if we would let some of our energy go on some of that stuff, we try to keep our spouse from doing, we really would allow the pressure of the relationship to work as intended and as designed rather than what all the energy we're expending. 
mm-hmm. because it is one of those. You know, if that's what you want to do, okay, I understand that choice, and I will make my choices based on yours. And yeah, that's where it it becomes dicey because it's almost like we're counseling for divorce. But you know, sometimes you get in those situations that you, you have, have to, to own. Counsel- Go, go. You have to counsel for integrity. Yep. You cannot expect another person to throw their integrity away for the sake of saving a marriage. I'm sorry, there's no marriage on the planet that is worth you sacrificing your integrity, your spiritual values, your right. self-esteem, all of that. Right. Um, you, what we always have to keep in mind is that sex is a building block. And I think that sex in a sacred covenant relationship between a husband and a wife is building something strong and beautiful. But when you start using sex for other means, those building blocks become, you know, like projectile missiles that you're stumbling blocks. Exactly. (laughs) Instead of building blocks, they're stumbling blocks. It's brilliant, Corey Allen. Um, But we have to go back to what does a couple do with the fantasy? And I would say that that would be based on the woman's comfort level. If she's comfortable incorporating that strictly in a fantasy realm, but never acting that out, more power to her doing that type of role play with him just in their imaginary space in their heads. But if a woman doesn't feel comfortable with that either, because she feels that she's feeding that fuel and is afraid that she's going to increase his appetite for that. I respect that too. So again, it goes back to what she feels comfortable with. So what does he do with that fantasy? Yeah, I think that there are some fantasies that are better kept as fantasies in your own head. That if it's going to turn your spouse off or freak them out or scare them, don't put them out there. If it does something for you in a, as far as a physiological response to the to the intimacy that you're sharing with your spouse, why does it have to be put out there? It's like toothpaste that you can't put back in the tube. It just can right. make a big mess. Yeah, I so, see. So you know, understanding that it is fuel for your own libido, but it doesn't necessarily serve as fuel for your partner's libido. Sometimes you have to accept that if your fantasies are totally different. Okay. Uh, yeah, I see it as okay. Do you want to have a sex life that's all based on your fantasy, or that's based on your presence, that's based on you, that's exactly. based on your own engagement in your life and in the process with your spouse? Right. There has to be a balance. You don't need right. to close your eyes, go somewhere else in your head every time. So I think but of it as if, people if, may need that. If humiliation is an aspect of this, of cuckolding, is there ways that it can be desexualized? Is there ways you can challenge your self-esteem outside of sex? Absolutely. I think there is. Are you, are you involved sure. in other things that are challenging? You know, wouldn't it be safer to go play pickup back basketball and just make sure you always lose and are humiliated on the basketball court? <laughs> you know, that that's almost or that you apply for a job you'd never be selected for. <laughs> but then maybe you get it and you realize, well, hold on. Now I've got to reprogram my own identity and how I view who I am. But it's is it that true? We are just so quick to sexualize everything, aren't we? As people. When sometimes our path forward might be, I got to get it out of the sex arena and look at it face value at what it really is. Right. And, and here's what I want to end with, too. When you start talking about involving a third person or fourth or fifth or however, you are using and abusing other human beings. And the number one rule of healthy sexuality is do no harm. And if every person on the planet would examine their sexual fantasies and understand what past pain it's really reflective of, instead of assuming that this is a sign of how to get future fulfillment, think of what a safer world we would live in. So take ownership of it. 
connect with a counselor, figure out what the pain is that's really driving it, but be a safe person, be right. a safe partner, and keep your partner safe. Absolutely. Okay. It's been interesting, huh? <laughs> it has. This is this was a difficult one to unpack just because I, I'm I'm honestly I'm this is foreign. You know, I've so And that's a good thing. It, yeah. Well this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. If you've got questions, thoughts, uh kudos, whatever it could be, we'd love to hear from you. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, make it a good day. We'll see you next time. Yeah, and check out the Husband Mastermind Groups. We love you for listening.